It's the Creator Spaces Show. I was familiar with your work probably four or five years ago when it first hit. And then you had some platform level changes. I'm guessing lost a lot of users as the original use case went away. And now you've rebuilt Upscribe. Really, I feel like Upscribe is one of the very first email tools that marketed itself to creators even if that word didn't exist yet. Yeah, back in the day, we started out as just an um, embeddable form tool for Medium. And uh, yeah, like you said, with Medium's transition to a paywall and, and a few other policy changes, it was less ideal for businesses to be on there. And so, yeah, it was really a slow transition. People started to leave slowly. But at that time, Upscribe was still a side project. And so I didn't spend the time to focus and pivot early enough or transition the product early enough. Mm. So it's been a kind of a long process of transitioning to something that all of the users that I did have, which was over the years, it was about 20,000 people that had signed up for Upscribe. And something that they all had in common was that they were collecting emails to send to them either through whether it's a newsletter or whatnot. So that seemed like a good next step was to try and build something for this existing user base. And so that's how it got to where it is today. I'm really interested how it got started because uh, email capture is a pretty competitive market. So what made you decide to start Upscribe originally to create it? Yeah. So back in 2017, I was hacking on a few different ideas and wasn't seeing a lot of success. And so I decided as an experiment, I would just pick a, a market. And so in that case, it was trying to do something for email marketers and just build something simple and then bring it to a group and see what they think. And so there was an email marketing Facebook group that Noah Kagan had started or the AppSumo group had started. And so I built this little newsletter. It was just like a landing page for email marketers to just collect emails. And I built it on WordPress and as a, a SaaS tool without billing supported or anything. And so I took it to a few people and they said, this is great, but it would be awesome if I could collect emails from my Medium blog. Uh -huh. And it was really just two or three people that said it. And so I looked into it. It turned out that Medium had just acquired Embedly, which is a way to make it a lot easier to embed rich content like videos and stuff. And so I submitted and they accepted it and it ended up that there was a lot of demand for it. It really exploded on Product Hunt and within a few months, there was a few thousand people using it. So it was a really fun experience. And even though it wasn't the model that was going to stand the test of time, it was still, I think, the right way to approach building a new company. And that's certainly a process that I'll use in the future and continue to use as I read, like develop the product further. I want to dig in a little bit on the strategic decision you made here, because I think it's a really good one. And most entrepreneurs go the opposite way in that you chose a market specifically where there was already a lot of people, a lot of competition, and I'm guessing a lot of people paying. Whereas many entrepreneurs want that blue ocean. They're looking for the thing that's never been done before. Was there any thought process that made you choose to go into a competitive market? Yeah, I think to kind of preface, subscribe is still at about $4,000 a month USD. So it's not at a place where I'm able to live off of it completely. It's not quite there yet, but it is 
growing. But a lot of how I feel about this market and why I chose it is still speculative, still hunches that I have. But I just feel like there's so much movement in the email marketing market and there's people canceling ConvertKit every day and canceling MailChimp every day. And so even if I'm just trying to build something for people that aren't happy with the existing tools, there should be a market for it. And I certainly have seen a lot of people switch to Upscribe from ConvertKit and MailChimp just because they feel that they're paying for so many extra features that they're not using, that they feel like oh, these tools are getting clunky because they're just constantly adding so much because they're at the point where they need to grow. And so they're going to MailerLite. I didn't know Upscribe was still in existence. I'm sorry. I switched to MailerLite <laughs> about six months ago for all of the reasons you're talking about. Everything else was too expensive. All I want to do is capture and send emails. And even MailerLite right. had too much stuff in it. One of the other benefits that I had with building Upscribe first is that, or with building the embeddable form tool first, was that I had written integrations with pretty much every email marketing tool. Mm -hmm. I got to see all the options and how their APIs work and how the user experience works and stuff. And yeah, MailerLite is definitely a good, simple alternative for sure. consider yourself a creator? Yeah, I think that I've finally come to terms with the fact that I'm <laughs> I'm certainly more of a maker, a creator, and having to constantly force myself to be more entrepreneurial, more business person. <laughs> Could you dig in on that distinction? Because this is not one I've heard before. And you are the 13th person I'm interviewing like this now. So I'm really interested in this answer. Okay. What's the difference between a maker and a creator to you, if there is any? And then how do those differentiate from an entrepreneur? Yeah, so I think that I, mean, I have a friend mentor out here in Vancouver that runs a couple of companies. And this was something that he brought up to me a while ago and basically was just saying everyone assumes that if you're an entrepreneur, the inventor, he called it the inventor. So I think of a creator or a maker as the inventor or the creative, the person that has the ideas. And so there's that type of a person. And sometimes that person can also be the entrepreneur who is the one that can take an idea and find out if it actually is a viable business opportunity and then execute on it and monetize it. Making and the product. Exactly. And so this mentor that I have, he was saying like, he basically feels that he's not the maker or the creator, but he's started several very successful businesses because he can take other people's ideas, like someone on his team or a co-founder or whatever, and make it a successful business. And so he basically just said, Josh, you need to decide, like, can you be both? Are you both or are you forcing it? Because you're going to have more fun and find more success if you know which one you are and you own up to that and focus on that and get somebody to pick up the parts that you're not good at. Obviously, you're making this awesome app, Upscribe. Do you make anything right. else? Actually, long before I was starting businesses or writing software, I was in a band. So I wrote music and toured some of North America and some of Europe. And so I was creating music and never figured out how to monetize that because <laughs> that was the creator side. So I did the music thing for a long time. And then I also do a lot of video. So I love video. And I also have a podcast editing business on the side. So anytime I can be making, I just get a lot of fulfillment out of it. So it's yeah. definitely my default, which definitely gets me into trouble when I'm working on a software tool because it's my default is I'm just going to go build another feature, which obviously we know that's <laughs> not always the solution. So I'm a refactorer. Um, I can spend all day just redesigning things and it, improving mm -hmm. optimization of them. But you ask me to go build something, I'll throw up the frame and then walk away. <laughs> 
I get that too. That feels good. Also, like I just tweeted this the other day when I was laughing with a friend about this was how good it feels to delete code that you're not using anymore. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel about <laughs> firing so people too. Okay. It's, yeah. It's the same thing. You're removing an inefficiency from your business system, just like you're removing inefficiency from your code. Okay, I don't know what it feels like to fire someone yet just because I haven't run a team. But, it's a lot uh, better than being we'll fired, I can say from experience. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can trust that. <laughs> I'm interested, how do you balance that creator and entrepreneur in yourself? With great difficulty. It's like a daily decision to make. And I certainly, on off days, I'll definitely just revert to making. So I think it's just like building in routines and systems in your business that require it of you. And I think there's also ways to mold it to being more of a creator thing. There's certainly like, for example, recently I built a tool that compares the price for all the different paid newsletter options or a bunch of the different paid newsletter options. And so it was an opportunity to build something, but it was also strictly a marketing thing. So it was a tool that I released and shared with a bunch of people and it is monthly bringing in a few people to upscribe. So that was a little bit nice. of a cheat where I got to be the maker and do the marketing. Another great example is this build in public thing that we see a lot of entrepreneurs Ooh, doing. I jumped on the bandwagon last week. It's great. And I think that's a great way to build the marketing into the making part. How do you go about building your audience now? If you are building it, I hope it's on email. Uh, yeah, I think I haven't really, I read a lot about audience and there's a lot of debate about it and all that. And I probably don't have a fully formed opinion on what the importance of audience or what that looks like for myself. But the way that I've looked at it is I have the main place I have Twitter and I have the email list that I'm building through Upscribe. And so as people sign up, they're added to a marketing list and they can obviously opt out of that whenever they want. And I try to think of it like for Twitter, I know that if I'm consistent and I'm posting things that are interesting to me as an entrepreneur and on brand with being a indie hacker and entrepreneur and bootstrapper, then I think that, and I've witnessed that the right people will find that interesting and they'll sign up. Now, that audience isn't necessarily one that is really easy to then go monetize <laughs> because we're all in a similar boat where we don't have large teams necessarily or is... um, large companies to spend money on software. How do you go about monetizing now? Because I know you can make a chunk of income with Upscribe, but as you mentioned earlier on, it's not quite over the hump to make it a full-time income for you on its own. Okay, so how do I bridge the gap from there? Yeah. So, are they side hustles more? Are they other projects? Yeah, I'm interested so, in how you build that mix. Totally. So right now I have a company called Podmelon where I'm doing podcasts, editing, and post-production. So that's something that brings in some recurring revenue. And then I'm also doing contract work as well. So it's a mix of those things. So contract work, mainly web development, and I've done some web flow sites for, for clients and things like that as well, which is so funny because I've never considered myself a no code person or developer, but that's just what people are using now. And so obviously that's where when you're building a no code, you know, making alterations to a web flow site, you end up using a lot of code know-how anyways. So oh, that's my opinion about that whole thing is like, it's not really no code. So you can call it that, but you're learning code, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's not so much that it's about not having to write any code. You're just doing it in a visual way. But anyways, yes, that's another thing that I do to bring 
making money. And is your primary source of revenue then Upscribe and podcasts are number two in the mix? Yes. So bringing in the largest chunk there. So... So what's your North Star metric for success? That's a good question. I don't know that I have that quite yet. And the biggest reason is because one of my main issue that I have with Upscribe right now that I'm working through is I don't have that ideal customer. It's really hard to pick one customer in a market like this where I have bloggers and I have authors and businesses that are using it, all these different types of customers. And so I don't really want to alienate any one of them, but at the same time, actively looking for what is the ideal customer at least for the next year or so, so that I can focus on someone, really identify, be able to provide marketing materials that resonates with them and a product that resonates with them so that I could build that base and then go wider after that point. I think once I figured out who that customer is, I think that's when it'll make it a lot easier to figure out what that North Star would be. But at this time, I can't say that I have any one metric. 